Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser. Men are more relationship-ready. And if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy midlife love in your life. And hello, welcome to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. My name is Morgana, and this is my husband, Devin. Yes. Yes. And like you, we've just come out of a 4th of July weekend and a lot of fireworks. Uh, Not quite back to normal yet. Not going to the 4th of July parties yet. Next year, very, very hopeful that we'll get to do that again. Uh, But I feel like we're so close to the finish line. And, you know, I just want to get back to traveling, getting married. Uh, If you don't know, Devin and I are getting married 100 times in 100 countries, 100% Devin's idea. And that's been on pause for obvious reasons. Forever. Yeah, we may have to, like, have a really intense batch of weddings like we did the first year when we got married 11 times in I think a month and then in 2019 we got married four times in four countries in about 30 days um beautiful beautiful countries and I think for me the hardest part is deciding where to next I kind of, it helps when Devin makes those decisions for me. You know, I already did, which was uh, (laughs) uh, Chile, Uruguay, Argentina, and maybe Paraguay, which I don't think anybody goes to. I mean, I think in terms of a country to visit, people don't think of Paraguay. And I'm not sure that you're supposed to. I'm sure it's great. And I'm sure that has got many wonderful things. And it's kind of one of the more interesting, perhaps, isolated countries but that's neither here nor there maybe we won't get to paraguay but i certainly think we should hit those three countries i just mentioned in south america i want to get married in uruguay where there's this beach where it looks like you have these five fingers rising up out of the sand that whoa that just looks so cool well Um, i think that's fairly easy to do i think you just Go there and exchange vows. Yeah, you take a cab and you say five fingers from the sand, like that. In Spanish. Right. And with with great passion. Right. Now, I don't think you need to include the passion for the the cab driver. I've been watching you watch that telenovela. I am. And everybody speaks with great passion. Right, but I don't think that's a regular person. I think that is a... I think those are, you know, I mean, listen, the, the guy that the latest is that the guy was kidnapped um, and tortured. Which guy? The main guy, the most beautiful guy ever, because all the girls Who's, love this guy. Who looks Who's like a, a model, but he's a baker pretending to be a bricklayer. Right. A very no, bad they taught bricklayer. him that he wasn't actually a bricklayer layer because the whole house collapsed on the villainous. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> so anyway, there's some stuff. There's stuff of brewing. Uh, and uh, so es verdad, estoy practicando español. Okay. Un poco a poco. So, yeah, little by little, practicing Spanish. Well, and it's so funny that that's how you're learning Spanish. I think when we were in Mostar in her, uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, which was one of our weddings. Uh, I don't remember what number it was. Uh, our tour guide spoke perfect English. And she had taught herself English by watching years and years of How I Married Your Mother or How I Met Your Mother. I never watched that series. You did. And then when we went to Portugal, everybody speaks English because they watch American TV and movies with subtitles instead of dubbed. So it's a fun way to learn. So when thinking about what to cover in today's show, I had not really jokingly uh, put out there that I express love. I'm, I, you know, there's the five love languages and I'm very, very much words of affirmation and touch. And so I express love by sharing with Devin every thought that pops into my head. Like I want to share everything. I want him to be a total part of my life. Anything happens and I want to tell him. And Devin expresses his love by tolerating very generously, my sharing every thought that pops into my head. And I think that has a lot to do with the secret of love is you find the person whose annoyances you can find charming and tolerable. Whereas somebody else, and I know this because I was single until I was 45, will find it intolerable and go running into the hills. So you have to you have to find your person who isn't settling and isn't miserable, but just finds it amusing. And then life is a lot easier for both of us. Yeah, I disagree with that completely. Okay, go ahead. So go ahead. I don't think you have to find somebody who tolerates you and you tolerate them. I mean, it goes with this, this magic word of settling, which I don't think is, I think that's just a ridiculous word. I think, I think what it is, is you can find a good person and then realize that the things that you like about them or their quirkiness will be, have to be dealt with. It's on some level somewhere And then you have to make a decision to stay within the relationship and work it out because I have yet, I have yet to speak to a single guy after many, many, many years. And this is also speaking to women too, but many, many men where you don't have to just deal with the other person where it's like, Oh, you just fit like a glove and everything's wonderful. And there's never a bad moment because you're just happy constantly. Now I, I have met a couple of people who've claimed that they've never had a fight, but I don't know if that's because somebody made a decision to like, Hey, this is my person. I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to be on their team. My priority is going to be in the relationship. I think that's what you need to do. Um, and you find people, two people who are mindful of that and that they may have strife coming from other directions, but they've made a decision that it's not going to come from a place in the relationship. And I think you can do that, but I don't think you have to, I, I don't think you can plan it out in advance. 
Well, and I, I think, think that's kind of what you're implying. I think, my dear, you just said exactly what I said in different words. All right. Because it's not about settling. You never want to settle or be with someone who thinks they're settling. Ugh, that's not what this is about. And at the same time, there will be moments where the difference of another human being can be crazy making. And that's that's when you have to make a decision. Oh, I'm going to listen. I'm not saying every relationship is intended to be the final one. I think for some people, like I know people who are just like, they were made to be in relationships and they're good at it or they're inclined to be forgiving and accepting. And those are great, wonderful qualities. And they're apt to have very long lasting relationships. And I think we get better. Those of us who weren't born that way, we hopefully get better at knowing what's important to us as we get older, hence midlife love getting better. Um, And I think it just took a long time to find my puzzle pieces, you know, Uh, not for lack of trying. It just, it took what it took for, to find my, my safe landing place. Um, But I also think that, you know, the more, more humor and more affection you can have for the difference and for, you know, the foibles of your partner and yourself, the, just the softer your love experience is going to be anyway. And then there are things that are in me that are in Devin that would be total deal breakers and rightfully so for other people that are really kind of cool and make us a better match, you know? And, and by the way, we disagree about a, a lot of things, but yes, well, we just disagreed here live <laughs> about we, 40 seconds ago. Right. But so, we don't yes. fight a lot. Well, I mean, it's what are we fighting about? What could we consider? I, I mean, I suppose there are things we can fight about. Well, I know why. what we have fought about in the past, but it's like those fights come up so like rarely that I can actually remember them. Right. Because yeah. they kind of stick out. Uh And I think, so the question today is really like, how, how do you make it work with a person who is different from you? Because guaranteed anybody you're with is going to be different from you and, and how you choose what those right differences are. And I would wish that by now I would have memorized our phone number. If our producer could type in our phone number, that would be really helpful. So glad. <laughs> advanced well, preparation. I usually so, have it. Ready. By the way, if we were to argue, we might uh-huh. argue about uh-huh. about this. Why? What do you mean? Why? We've done this show now for like how long? A year and yeah. a half. But you know me and my memory. I have a head injury. I All just right, don't. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, so the number. So there you go. Picking on the girl with the head injury. How dare I, you? I don't know. How dare you? You know. I think I know your phone number now, and we've only been together nine years. Right. And I still get it wrong sometimes. Okay. Right. That's true too. So we. This is. We're having a live show right now, and what that means is we. Would happy love, to take a phone call. Yeah, we would love to get into a conversation with you, especially, especially 
And this is a big one because I heard this from a woman recently. If anyone has ever told you that you're undateable or that you're unlovable or you're too this or too that, too intense, too fat, too old, too anything, I want to hear from you because I've had all of that said to me. And I believe, honestly, that when somebody tells you that, they're telling you that you're not the right person for them, which is very, very useful information so that you can move them aside so they can find their right person so that you can be free to attract the person who is going to adore you as you are. Do we still need to work on ourselves and our self-love and our ability to be a good relationship partner? Of course, of course. But our like core beingness is lovable and not, we're not supposed to be to every single person's taste. Thank goodness. Because if we were, then Devin and I wouldn't have been available to meet each other. (laughs) So the phone number to call in is 888-627-6008. If you would like to ask a question, get some love assistance. uh, And by the way, We really, really respect privacy. So if you want to call in, you don't even have to use your real name. I think an adult person can figure that out. And I like to put it out there anyway. Right. When you call up, please don't give us your first, last name, your phone number. And your social security. Right. You can just not do that. You don't have to do that. Yeah. That would be a thing. Yeah. But we do like to hear from you. And in the meanwhile, we'll just continue speaking. So I started reading. Some of your new book. Oh, right. The first 25 pages. I'll just to give a background. I'm deep into the second draft of the next book, which is going to be, it's really sort of a memoir on my love life. Why, who in their right mind would do that? And who in their right mind would do that and then give it to their wife to proofread? Right. Well, the good news (laughs) is all the ridiculous stuff. And it's really, well, will it be ridiculous? Yeah, no, totally be ridiculous. Um, You know, so I'm doing that. Like it's been this, sure, it's about the weddings and that's great. And it is actually, you probably, it's a lot of fun, um, especially if you like travel. So there'll be great pieces in it. Um, but so you, I'm at a stage now where I'm probably like, I've written the first, I've, I've done really the first two drafts of the book. So this is your second book. Your first book was 10,000 Miles with My Dead Father's Ashes. Correct. And so the... Uh, so the second draft means I've put in about 80,000 words thereabout. Um, and that means I've spent a fair bit of time writing. That's like, you're, if kind you're not of a guy who writes about love. Cause the first book was about family love, love for your dad. And this uh, book is you know, now I write about travel, romantic love. I do and, write about travel. Well, so that's what you I did. Speak for the travel into everything. Well, cause I did it for 17 years. Mm-hmm. So, but that all said, so deep into the second draft, which means I'm really like the story is outlined. It's in some sort of sequence that I'm comfortable with. Um, The story is mostly told. Now it's kind of telling the story well. And maybe that's another draft. Maybe it's another two, who knows. 
But really what it means is I'm going to start sending it to agents and things like that because it's sort of what we do. And, and so, because people are saying, hey, will you give it to me because I want to pass it on to an agent, which that, is always a good sign. You no, know, that is a good sign. And that's also true. And so uh, for the writerly people out there, it's just, you know, it's part of the war of attrition uh, between the words of getting it done. And so uh, a handful of agents that I've targeted uh, usually request, like I just assume send out the stuff that I like the most, the chapters that are like, ooh, okay, I like that one. Um, but that's usually not what they want. They want like the first 10 or first 25 pages. So by finishing the first 25 pages, and it's really, this stuff is really much more of third draft. It's like, it's very, very close and in the ballpark. So that all said, so now the first 25 pages have have been read, proofread, I, proofread, I'm going through it a final time, and then I'm going to send it out to a few people uh, that I have And it's very funny. And we'll see what happens. Well, it's supposed to be. That's because, you know, listen, love is um, very difficult. We've all gone through breakups and heartache and all that kind of stuff. And to me, it's just ridiculous. Like, and I say that with love, like I believe in relationships. I want to talk about relationships. But it's also you can't get past the fact that it's just also absurd because we're absurd. Yeah. But I the reason that we have this radio show now is really my experience of love now is that it's really, really comforting. Like it is like a safe blanket and and it's less dramatic than it was when I was young. It has less insecurity. Don't get me wrong. I have my insecure moments. Husband will testify to that because. Well, I, me testifying to that is a terrible idea. Well, I wasn't saying you had to. Okay, good. Um, yeah, no, because I, you know, just uh, especially at my age, I don't know if it's hormones or if it's COVID fatigue or what, but I just have moments, not that often, but it's nice when I am feeling sensitive to just ask to be held and be held. So really very, very, it's just very mild on drama, but it's really, really rich in comfort and companionship and love. And I still get the butterfly feelings whenever I look at Devin. So there's, and there's a lot of fun. That's why, that's why we call the show crazy sexy because it is fun and it is yummy. And I think more of our drama and excitement comes from going to other countries and just coping with whatever happens when you travel, because you never know what's going to happen. And it's, can be amusing even when you have bug bites on your face that make you look like some kind oh, yeah, of no, that was Tron. What, what were those, those, you know, low budget horror movies? Right. <laughs> By the way, if, if the word yummy was used in the title of this show, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be on it. <laughs> well, it's a good thing. It's not. Right. So, so tell me about that. Mr. Loves all things dessert ish. What's wrong with yummy? You know, it's just too much. (laughs) It's too much. Even as a middle-aged guy who's very accepting, 
uh-huh. too much. You have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, no, there has to be a line in the sand. And it's right there. They, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I'm still reeling that you said that. But so, okay, so, so, bear with more. Oh, right. So, so just to finish off the book thing, um, you know, um, and I'm really saying this for people because there's a surprising amount of people they want to write a book, have something to say, believe they have something to say, and then they don't want to sit down and write it. So I'm going to spend like two minutes until Morgana has something to say uh, and telling you what it is that I do and how do I get there. So it's not that complicated. Really, what I do is I sit down and write and I force myself to write because the, the challenge isn't telling the story. The challenge is sitting down. And I read that, and I think in a book by David Pressfield, maybe The War of Art, something like that. I think that's it. Um, and, and he talks about it. It has a lot to do with just this notion of procrastination. And what I do, if you're a budding writer, and I've been writing professionally for many, many moons at this stage, is that I sit down and I will write a paragraph, and then I will delete the paragraph. And then I will write another paragraph, which is very, very similar to the first paragraph that I just deleted. And then I will check the refrigerator. And then I will pace around the house. And then I will play a song. I may play a song on the guitar. Uh, There's a good chance that I will. Uh, Then I will sit down again. And I will probably edit, even though I probably shouldn't. Maybe I'll edit some of the lines within that paragraph. Or maybe I'll delete the whole thing and try it again. And then I will check email. And then I will get up and open the refrigerator some more. And then I will go back and sit down. And maybe I'll go to the market. Maybe I'll drive to a bookstore. Or maybe you'll really be in the flow of the writing. And then Morgana comes in and wants to kiss. Oh, yeah. No, that's ridiculous. (laughs) It happens a lot. Yeah, no, that's really (laughs) ridiculous. So the, the point is, is that... Once every great while, I'll sit down and it's just boom. Like what it is that I want to say is just there. And I catch, I catch the wave and I ride the wave for as long as possible. But that wave isn't like 30 pages. That wave is like three, maybe three pages. And even then, I already know that I'm going to go have to go back And because even though it's an image in my brain, that image may not speak to Morgana or speak to you as a reader. So I have to make sure that the images that I have in my head that are inspiring me to tell you this piece of the story, I need to make sure that those those pictures are going to be able to be seen by you. Right. There's there's only so much you can control in this. But so so what does it mean is that ultimately sort of the whole writing and I I think anything to do with sort of like artistic things. Um, I think you just have to work it out little by little. I think you have to kind of show up. And I think it's a war of attrition. I think most people uh, who don't finish their books, it's not because they don't have talent or they don't have a great story to tell or something valuable to say that somebody should be reading. It's that they think it's going to be pouring out of them. You know, I mean, I think Stephen King sits down and writes like 2,000 words a day. That's what I've heard. I don't know that for sure. But I I think your average person 
um, is assuming that it's like, ooh, I just sit down every single day and I just know precisely what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it. And it's going to pour out of me like a pitcher of water. And that's not it. It's, it's really sort of, again, it's kind of like it's work and it's a bit of a struggle. So, you know, sorry to go on that writingly tangent, but it is. It's, it's a, it wouldn't be you if you didn't. Right. It's a minor milestone. Mm. So that means sort of like we're at the place now where it's like, okay, I'm going to start sending out some chapters to people to I'm going to start looking for blurbs. I'm going to, you know, like for your dust jacket and I'm going to start sending it out to people to kind of, you know, see what an agent thinks. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, all of that's work too. Like I don't hold my breath. And if somebody says no, like whatever. Okay. You know, there's, especially now, like I think then when I say then I'm 25 years ago, then you really couldn't self-publish. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Well, now, now oh, yeah, I happen to have a visual out. prop right? self-published number one of all movers. I'm holding up for those listening to the audio. I'm holding up my book kind of a hybrid book and self-coaching system, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation, went to number one of all categories in the U.S., of number one mover and shaker, number one in three categories in Canada and the United Kingdom and Germany, and number two and three in France and Italy, and, and lots and really lots of cool. sales. Really cool. Lots and lots of money, lots and lots of repeat customers, self-published, because that was just the path I chose, Um, mostly because I just signed with a huge agent who wanted me to write a book proposal, and I was so terrified that I thought maybe nobody would notice that I was procrastinating if I launched my book and became a bestseller. <laughs> so that, that, you know, that that's, that's how I procrastinate. You know what really scares you by how productive you become in everything else. Um, and that was just a really fun experience. And the good news is because we're so responsible for whatever me- our message is in the world to put out there, uh there is a bit of a democratization of the process where it's not all the power in the publishers now. Now anybody can self-publish through um Ingram online. Uh I used uh Lightning Source and it's somebody buys the book, it's printed and shipped out, and I don't have to do anything anymore, which is really, really nice. Devin is the artist, so it makes more sense for him to have a real publisher. Well, and we'll see how it all manifests and unfolds. Like if it doesn't happen in the way that I think it should, uh, that's okay. You know, at some point, it's not personal. You do the best you can. And at some point, you, you know, you march ahead. Yeah. And we also know some extremely successful authors who self-published first. Um, I think Wayne Dyer is among them. Uh, So I don't think it's going to come to that because I think your book will have have its audience. But I just enjoyed what I read today. I finally got to read some of it. I got to read the first 25 pages, which um, brings me to 
something that I was thinking about before the show. Because uh, it's actually really interesting reading my husband talk about, oh, he was in love with, oh, in Paris being fed chocolate crepes by a beautiful woman. Glad you got that out of your system, my love. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, but I was visiting my godmother yesterday for the first time in two years. The last time I saw her was two years ago this month at the memorial for my father's passing. And then, you know, with the pandemic, uh, I didn't see her because she and her husband are, you know, my father's vintage. So very, very high risk for the disease. And even though Devin and I were being really careful, uh, that, you know, it just wasn't worth the risk now that we're all vaccinated and still being careful. I finally got to see her, which was really, really like profound for me to get to spend a day with her. And here was something that I found really interesting because she and her husband have been happily, happily married for many decades. And they're so cute and flirty and in love and she's always been who I want to be when I grow up and their relationship is actually like you know Devin and I and maybe another 30 years and I noticed that there are things that they will not talk about with each other and that was actually such a relief to me that there are topics that he doesn't want to hear about. So, and there are topics that she doesn't want to hear about. And it doesn't mean that they don't love each other and respect each other to bits. It's just that they just don't want to hear about it. And I, maybe that's, maybe that's a, a normal part of relationship that you just, what are you rolling your eyes and snarking? I did not my roll love? my eyes. Oh, you rolled your eyes. You well, just you did just it spent, again. You just spent the last 10 minutes at uh-huh. the beginning of the show saying you needed to tell me every single thing. That well, but the your problem is I'm and not. So, go ahead. But that leads to there are some things that uh, I am learning very, very slowly to avoid. So, th- I hence, would like to. Hence, yes. Hence. The yes. smirk. <laughs> Hence the Would you smirk. like to say more, my smirky no, love? No, actually not. I'm just saying that I think I think it's important to recognize that some things, um, and we've talked about this so many times, but I think there are some things that are just fall into the unresolved issue category, mm-hmm. meaning that you or I going to want to talk about something and the other person isn't yeah, I don't know what to help. I can't help you with that thing, or I can't fix that thing for you, or it's, you know, sorry. Or we see it differently. We see it differently. And so, so that's the smirk. It wasn't a bad thing. Like you can continue to, you know, talk about whatever, however you need to like, okay, great. But I think it's also a useful tool to recognize that there are some topics between couples it's you know that it's just not useful. But go yeah. go keep talking. Well, no, about I think it. I think that that is important. Um, that there can be topics that we're really passionate about, and but it's not useful between us. You have stuff that you're that I know you're really passionate about that you have uh, that you do on your own, 
and I have stuff that I'm really passionate about that I do on my own. And we get and we get to have these divergent interests and still be together. And so to to see that to see that oh it's not just us <laughs> was was actually really really comforting to me because you know sometimes you just don't know uh until until you see other really happy couples and part of the thing is just with with being housebound to a degree that we've never experienced before we haven't really been going out with other couples for another year for a year uh and I'm very happy that that's opening up because I think that one of the, and I've mentioned this before, that the funniest thing happened when Devin and I got together is I kind of shifted from this world where all of my friends were single and struggling and frustrated. Not ex- not entirely, not 100%. I had like those few really, really happy longtime couples who I would study and I would ask like, you know, what's your secret? But most of the people I knew were kind of looking and struggling or struggling in the marriage they were in. And then it was like the world just changed. And I've been surrounded by happily married people to a degree that I never even knew existed before. And part of that is reticular activation. And I think, uh, and for those of you who don't know what reticular activation is, it's like, let's say you decided you want to get a white Honda Prius. And suddenly there are white Honda Priuses everywhere because your brain is sorting for them and looking for them. And you're noticing what was always there, but you never saw before. And it's like, oh my God, everybody has a white Honda Prius. Well, I'm getting something else now. Or maybe it's a Toyota as a Prius. This is how terrible I am with cars. So yeah, I think that's a Toyota. You get the point. That would be very interesting if you saw white Honda Priuses since those cars don't exist. Um, <laughs> more with the eye rolling, Devin. <laughs> so I think there's a combination of you start to see things that d- you sort of sorted out and didn't register before. And I think that we also have a tendency to attract uh, what is like us. Because then we have common experiences that we can share. So if you're happily married, you want to hang out with happily married people because you don't feel jealous or or frustrated or less than or like you don't get it. But you just like uh, it's just like more opportunity to celebrate love. That's just the shift that I noticed in my life. You, on the other hand, were single and had a dozen happily married couple friends long before I came along. How was that for you? What do you mean? Did you feel did, did you feel like you were running behind or did you have any feeling at all in 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 boy brain land? Well, I mean, you know, I had been in relationships prior to that. Um so they mostly, I mean, these are these are some of my oldest and dearest friends and they all have been together for many moons, but not always, you know. These are people that I knew when they were single and from elementary school. And we've all known each other for a really long time. And when they brought new partners in, of course, at the end of the day, you're striving. You want them to win, however it is that they want. You know, uh, one person ended up uh, having a breakup. Actually, they all did at one time or another. 
because um, I've known them, you know, 40 years. Um, and you're rooting for them to win. And then, of course, if there was a breakup, then, you know. I mean, with this particular group, I've known their spouses so long, I think we would still be friends. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't, I don't think of it as that. What I, what I mostly think of is that I have a good group of friends that all have long-term committed relationships, which is, I think, a great thing to strive for. Well, it was one of the things that made me feel safe with you early in our relationship is that you didn't hang out with a bunch of crazy, druggy, gambling players. You hung out with a bunch of really nice, stable, happy, married folk, which let me know that 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 was sort of a value of yours, whether, you know, that was who you were at the moment. It was that kind of stability made you more attractive, more, more safe to me. You can tell so much about a person by the friends that they choose and they keep. Mm-hmm. Um, what was really cool was uh, the death was not cool. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that the father of my oldest best friend in the world from when we were toddlers. So he was like a father figure to me in my early years, just because I was over at Tolly's house all the time. And she was at my house all the time and her father died. And you and she went to the same high school and uh, like, yeah, no, yeah, no, we hundreds of the other. same people. Yeah. No, my, some of my closest friends, she knows well, and that I have a clue who she is. <laughs> uh, if you would like to actually turn this rambling into a productive conversation, please give this us a call. Productive at 888. How dare you? How dare I? 627 uh, We really we want to hear about you, especially if you have like a love situation or, or relationship. An yeah. An we've update. had a number of people call to kind of like, let us know how that's going. Yeah. We yeah, always want to hear how it's going. going always want to hear that. Uh, yeah. If you know, whatever is going on in, in your relationship life, uh, if, if you would like some help and some guidance, because this is what we do every day is that's coach true. people on love. Uh, I coach people on relationship with money, but I, coach people around relationship with money through relationship with love because money issues really represent deeper issues around love, worth, and safety. Uh, I don't talk about it that much on this show, but I I am going to bring it up here that if money is getting in the way of your love life, if uh, you don't have enough, or if having a lot is causing issues, which it can, where you become the bank or it, it, it becomes a, a barrier, either one, the not enough money or, or the having the money is also causing trouble. Either one of those reflects what I would describe as a, a bad relationship with money. Whenever money doesn't fully exist to support your best experience of love and lifestyle and legacy, there's a problem there that wants attention so that you don't 
either repel the money or get rid of it, which is what we do when we have a money monster, when there's, when there's a negative dynamic in the relationship, when money gets in the way of love, something has to give, everything is going to lose. So if you would like to improve your relationship with money, I would like to invite you to go to my money love quiz at doesmoneyloveyou.com. And it's that's a good title, right? Isn't it? Because the, the point is that I want to make money and life fall madly in love with you so that it is safe and feels good and exalts you so that you don't have to put up walls and protections to money or love. So the best, easiest place to start, I think, is to go to doesmoneyloveyou.com and just take the easy peasy quiz. It'll take you two minutes. And what it will do is based on your answers, and you'll see how all the different areas of your life connect. And based on your answers, you will receive my analysis of where you are and what would be your most helpful next step. And I always, always, always include at least one free next step because my desire is to get everybody who wants it into a really healthy, easy, happy relationship with money, love, and life. And that's why I give away so much for free. Because when your life gets better, the whole world gets better. One less person for me to have to worry about and my world gets better and happier. So back to, if you're there and listening, our number is 888 627 6008. Call in anytime, and our producer will let us know if somebody is, is waiting. And in the meanwhile, Devin and I are going to go back to talking. So, what's on your mind, my love? Um, you know, here we are doing a show talking about love. Yeah. Um, you know, what is going on? I mean, if I'm honest with you, the main focus has been like getting a hand, getting through a handful of little projects including the the first 25 pages. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, in in terms of just like what's really going on, what's really going on is that I have, you know, I think uh, ample time. We're at this great place within the pandemic where things are kind of getting back to normal and I can kind of go after some of the, the things that I didn't think I could while everything was shut down. Now everything's back to normal. So not back to normal, but we're closing in on it. And all of a sudden, like, okay, so travel is a conversation again. So there's certain folks in the travel industry that I'm reaching out to. And, and uh, you know, I'm also, this is an aside. This is, I, I mean, I've discussed it with you, uh, but I haven't discussed it with too many other people, you know, for the last geez, 17 years, I've had a website called In the No Traveler. And, uh, you know, I was passionate about it for many years. And now I'm at a place where that passion is really in steep decline. I mean, it's still a great website. There's loads of great content on it. We cover something like 193 countries around mm-hmm. the world. We have, you know, original articles about all that. And, you know, I'm just in a place where, you know, I think that's somebody else's thing. I think the industry has changed a little bit. Um, 
And I think I've probably changed. I don't think my love of travel has gone anywhere, but my desire to sort of maintain well, um, a very large website is... You also have other very, very interesting things that we're not going to discuss here publicly. It's way too soon. Very exciting new things are coming in. And I think, and this is actually a really great topic because I'm seeing this everywhere. As a coach, I've been really connecting a lot with present clients and clients that I love from years going, you know, many years back, just checking in and seeing where people are and what's going on. And what I'm noticing is as we come back, there's a very strong tendency to not want to come back as we were before, no matter how wonderful before was. I know for myself, I don't want to like bring back, I I don't want to carry old energy forward. Even if I loved it, I don't want to do a lot of stuff that I used to do just because it feels old and stale. So I think you know, talking to Marina in Bali and Shalini in Thailand and, and you know, clients all over, I think we're being reborn in a mysterious way. And you know, maybe you feel this, maybe you don't. I think a lot of the people, you know, a lot of what we're hearing about people not wanting to work is people don't want to work the way they used to, or they don't want to go back to doing what they used to do. People want to do something new. And so I'm seeing new businesses being born and old stuff being, we've just outgrown. And it's been this transformational pressure cooker of a year. And I don't think we're the same. So it's not that In the No Traveler was bad. It's a gorgeous website and it gave you hundreds of amazing trips and relationships and, and, you know, a lot of my coaching programs that I used to do, I loved and they were very successful. And there's just this feeling of newness that new things want to come in. Uh, If that's not true for you, that's good too. You know, there's, I'm so not into anybody has to fit any kind of mold, but I am noticing a, a just like a spirit in the air of, of adventure and, exploration and curiosity and and reinvention. I think there's just a lot of a lot of new things want to happen and there's just a bit of just listening and feeling for it and and paying attention to where the energy is moving. Okay. Yeah, it's a pivot. So I'm in- <laughs> So, so you pivoting. you just wrapped it up into three words yeah, but I just said 30 that. minutes. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah, but so I'm I'm pivoting, I think, is what's taking place. And we'll see. More will be revealed. I don't know if there'll be, you know, there's really nothing worth making an announcement over per se. But I thought, you know, I'd share it with you guys because that's kind of what's happening. And maybe this is part of the crazy and the crazy, sexy midlife love. Um, it's certainly a midlife thing. And I don't think it's I don't think I'm having a midlife crisis kind of thing. That's for sure. That's, you aren't going to get a sports car and no. wear a ponytail? Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh my God. 
Um, but I mean, listen, everybody's got to do their thing, whatever that thing is. I know that's not my thing. Maybe more guitars would be my thing. Um, but do even we really that, have enough room for more guitars and cats? I, we'll figure it out. Uh-huh. We'll figure out a way. We'll make it happen. So that's what I'm, you know, so that's what I'm doing. So there is this, 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 it's just all of a sudden it kind of culminated one night where it was like, yeah, I think this is, I think we're done. I think I'm done with it. Now I have a, you know, a buddy of mine wants to see if, you know, he knows somebody who wants to buy it. So I'll let him help me explore that. And then, but if not, I may just give it to somebody else or take the site down. It's a different, you know, I still love it though. I mean, I have a hat. I have an in the no traveler hat and I have an in the no sweater that I still wear. Monogram sweater. Yeah. Maybe it's just going to pause. Maybe somebody will buy it. Certainly a lot of, a lot of real estate there. There's a lot of thousands of articles. Yeah. Thousands of articles. Yeah. What else? What else? Um, just bought our tickets to go back to San Miguel in September for my 10th ultimate money goddess retreat that I'm leading first time in Mexico, which is uh, very exciting because I've always done it in Bali. That's why we went a couple weeks ago because there are things that I just know. I just have it so dialed in in Bali, who we work with, what happens when, what all the resources are. And I just needed to prepare for Mexico. So, and what's different this time, what I've never done before is I'm bringing Devin. It's different. You know, there's just, it's going to be different than Bali. It's going to be as powerful, but Devin won't be in the room for any of the coaching. You know, you're going to be off wandering, having a good time. But for when I need you for support things, for Spanish speaking things, for handling, you know, hotels and drivers and all that kind of stuff and just keeping us all protected and and working things out, Devin is actually going to be there, which is kind of cool and different. The retreats that I've had at my house in the past, Devin has always been here, like cooking breakfast and, and, you know taking care of us and it's always been such a good experience um for especially for women Devin has always been like wow this is what what a really like warm nice safe guy can feel like um sort of like a non-toxic experience of of a masculine presence especially for women who've never had that before so he will stay out of like all the deep coaching stuff. I really feel that has to be a protected women only experience. Yeah, no, I don't want yeah, to. Yeah. But um, last time Devin was at a retreat, I booted him out and kicked him onto a plane first thing in the morning before the retreat. Right. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, have done no, that. I think I had to sleep in an empty airport in Korea. Oh yeah, I've I've had that I've had that flight home too. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really creepy. And it was like fourteen hours or something. And you're the only person the in the only whole person. airport. Well, How no, does that no, happen? I found two other people. 
Oh, good for you. Yeah. I never did. Yeah, no, was I was terrifying. always by myself. It, yeah, was, it was awful. Yeah, sort of terrifying. Even though it's clean and safe, it was just really spooky. Um, yeah, no, it was totally spooky. Yeah, I should have just let you hang around and wander around the island. So you get to do that with Mexico this time. All right, I can have Maybe you can check out the pyramids for me. All right. Make sure they're safe, and then we can do that after the retreat. Uh, I've been to many pyramids, so I'm sure they're fine. Okay. Let's see, we've got a few minutes left. So do we want to talk about some of the upcoming, because uh, we have some great guests. Oh, on. yeah, yeah. So if you missed um, some of our recent past guests, I highly, highly, highly recommend. I think it was last week we had CJ Grace, the adulterer's wife, how to thrive, whether you stay or leave. She was really fun. Really good advice. She's lived it. Uh, we also had uh, Dominique DeVita two weeks before that, our a Tantra coach. Really the first time that we ever addressed sex on Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. We've been really focusing on relationship. Uh, next week we have um, coming up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is what is his Marian? name? No, no. She's in two weeks. Um, the guy, oh, my brain Matt? is Matt. Yes. Matt. What Matt Zinman. Zinman, Matt Zinman. Thank you. This is why we're such a good team. Right. Oh, he's wonderful. He here. I am fascinated by what makes a man fall in love with a woman. Having been, you know, a perfect streak of romantic failure for 45 years leading up to Devon and having had my heart broken enough times and breaking hearts enough times, which is just, you know, what we do. I've always found like men falling in love, this mystery. So I really wanted to ask him about that and their relationship. Cause we, you know, we hear a lot of things from the female point of view. So he is, sharing his relationship experience and, and life philosophy and advice next week. And then in two weeks, we have Marion Stewart. This is the show Devin loves. It's the menopause show. Oh yeah. No, I can't wait. That's now that's a thing. That's yeah. a topic that I want to deep dive into. Yeah. So that's, what's coming up. We have Matt Zinman next week. We're going to be asking him about what made him fall in love and he's and what makes that relationship work. Uh, and Marion Stewart on she is an, a global expert on natural remedies for menopause. Um, I'm reading her book right now, and it begins with the statement that menopause is not a disease. It's something that happens to every woman if she lives long enough. And it's not talked about, and we aren't prepared for it. And whether you're in it or going to be in it or have been in it, still have symptoms, um, I think that this is going to be a really super good source of information and also a good source of information for men who live with women who have bodies, 
who are going to be going through some changes. Um, so hopefully Varian will have all the answers. Yes, I'm counting on it. No, that's a good thing. Yeah. So that's what's coming up. And in between, we're back to take calls or not take calls, depending on the day and how it goes. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom, my love? No, be nice to each other. I think that's... that was my favorite vow. Every time we get married, we make up new vows spontaneously. And one year, and I think we've, we've brought it back a few times is the commitment to be kind to each other, even when we want to kill each other, which really, really honestly, I I think we talk about, you know, talk about the relationship as if it's much harder than it is. My experience of the relationship is that it's a lot of fun, which I think is a really good sign of a healthy relationship. A lot of affection, a lot of fun. But when there are those moments where it's like, how can you think this or say this? How can you? It's really helpful to come from this commitment and this vow to be kind anyway. Because the love is there. The love is so much bigger than the irritation and the love is going to be there on the other side of whatever you're feeling in the moment. So you really want to water, nourish, cherish this little love that you're growing between you and the people in your life. That is it today for Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Join us next week when we have our guest, Matt Zinman, and his Z-isms. Wonderful, wonderful guy. He interviewed me on his podcast. I thought he was amazing, and I instantly invited him on our show, especially when I found out how much he loves his wife. So we're going to hear the guy's perspective next week at Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Same crazy, sexy bat channel, crazy, sexy bat time. Thank you for listening to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Please sign up to join our free love family at crazysexymidlifelove.com to get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage Minded Women Need to Know. Also available at crazysexymidlifelove.com Thank you.